Benji. He too. helped the world by getting rid of Benji. That's, he kinda, that's yeah. He but but can we all say that just we should just murder people? <laughs> like would justifying murder just because he's a shitty guy? See, that's it, the moral dilemma throughout this whole show. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> you question because your own morals from like Joe's point of view and his internal monologue. You you hear his own justification for it, and you're like, well, you can kind of see where yeah. he came from. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense. You're listening to Atlas Now Streaming, the podcast where we talk about your favorite movies, television shows, and documentaries on streaming platforms. Atlas Now Streaming is produced by Atlas Med Staff with your hosts, Jamie Zerlingo and Nina Granger. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. My name is Jamie. And I'm Nina. Today is episode 50, woohoo, halfway to 100, super exciting. To be honest, when I started this podcast just about a year ago, I didn't think it would last this long. And <laughs> Dang. <laughs> no, it's it was, it, we've, we've had some bumps along the way, and so I'm really happy to still be doing this podcast, and um, it's been great great 50 episodes so today we are talking about we we had a we had a plan for this episode it kind of fell through so we kind of scrambled i apologize in advance if this episode is a little sloppy but hey that's okay i have one of my favorite guests and i'm not just saying that because he's my boss Mm. one of my favorite guests on the show uh rich smith hello rich actually came to us about doing this episode Mm -hmm. a few weeks ago you didn't want to well it's you 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 is a funny word. Yes. We, are, we are reviewing the show. Wow. You. <laughs> which is, I know that was bad. I'm Please so sorry. Um, we're reviewing the show You. We're reviewing both seasons. So this is going to be a little long one. Buckle up. Um, the show is available on Netflix. And um, a couple of fun facts about the show before we get into it. Um, it was originally a Lifetime show. Do you guys know that? Which explains part yeah. of some of it, I guess. Some of the it's, melodrama. Well, yeah. Maybe. But- Mm-hmm. Yeah, I suppose. But if you want to go back even farther, this show is based on the 2014 novel by Carolyn Kepnes. Yep. And um, that's the first book. The second is called Hidden Bodies. So this uh, is based on two different books. Um, but you will come to find that uh, there's two seasons, but there's a third season coming out sometime next year. The first season was released in 2018, September of 2018 on Lifetime. And then it got moved to a Netflix original in December. And season two was just released uh, just about a month ago, January fourteenth. On my no, it was just it was released on December twenty sixth, my birthday. Oh, and I was so my be. psyched, super psyched. Well, and then Wik- you watched it. And you Wikipedia were lied to me. Actually, well, I did actually read both of these books before. I read both books between the two seasons, and season two is absolutely nothing like the book, hmm. which is interesting. But season one was like pretty spot on. Would it have been better yeah. if it was like the book? Um. The second book doesn't set up for a third season. Mm. So I think that they wrote in a lot of things because they wanted to continue this series going. Mm. We'll talk about that. I I would love to talk about the differences. Um, If you've ever listened to an episode of this show with uh, Rich and I before, we tend to get 
we just disagree on a lot of things when it comes to movies, when it comes to television shows. A lot of things. Which is why true. I love having you on the show. It's yeah. fun. Awesome. Strong well, feelings. Thank you. It's yeah. fun. Also, I think that this podcast episode is probably going to be sort of a shit show anyway, because mm-hmm. not because we, well, partially because we weren't super prepared, but also like I have a lot of feelings about this whole series. So do I. And like mm. kind of my thoughts about it are all over the place, which is the good thing about this series actually because mm. it, it pulls you in so many different directions and it makes you think about all of these different things that you empathize with or that you're against and whatnot so that's like that's part of the reason why I really loved it I, I, I suppose <clears throat> maybe yeah we, we'll get into all of that yes. we're gonna start yeah. with season one obviously spoilers ahead if you don't want to know what happens turn this shit off <laughs> <laughs> Come back later when you're done. Just fast forward. Just, just like, yeah, um, yeah. Sorry, we're we're a mess today. All right. So, um, one thing I wanted to bring up that I thought was very interesting is this show. In in t- it's uh, this show is one of Netflix's most viewed series to date, which I find very interesting. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Season one got a 93 percent approval on Rotten Tomatoes, which I found really interesting too. And- well, Rotten Tomatoes is like my movie Bible. Okay. I follow, like, generally, generally, I agree with mm-hmm. their reviews of things. I do think I do too. Sometimes, especially when it's like a dumb comedy, it'll be like 20%. I'm like, well, it's nothing special. The wrong people were reviewing that. Sure. That's <laughs> yeah, you don't want like scholars reviewing like Grandma's Boy, you know? Like, they're going to think I bet it's Grandma's bad. Boy has a really bad <laughs> Oh, I bet it does. I bet it does. Yeah, well. But. All right, ninety-three so percent though for season one of you. What about season two? Um, I think season two got like eighty-nine. Well, that those people eighty-nine percent. I don't. That's <laughs> maybe you need to be high to enjoy the show, maybe, Rich. Maybe. Maybe. All right, let's get into it. So, season one, we begin with Joe Goldberg, played by Penn Badgley. If you do not know who that is, he is from Gossip Girl. Love. Um, he was a uh, Dan. Anyway, Joe Goldberg, he lives in New York, and he is the manager of a bookstore called a bookstore called Moonies, and he's incredibly intelligent. We begin well. The story is mostly told through his internal monologue. So, Joe is talking to someone the entire show, and we start the show with a girl named Guinevere Beck. She goes by Beck for a nickname. She comes into the store to buy a book. He is immediately smitten by her, or should we say, obsessed. Uh, so the whole show is him talking to Beck through this monologue. Beck is an aspiring writer and is currently getting, is she getting her master's? I don't remember. I think she's in, she's in school Mm -hmm. and, um, she is a teaching assistant at her school. Um, so she also has free housing. She lives in a super nice apartment. Um, Joe begins to follow her around, monitoring her social interactions. He even breaks into her apartment when she is at home at one point, steals some of her panties, and is just an all-around creep. Um, but he does it in such a cool way. Uh, describe, define cool. Like, he's just a cool guy. Is he? He kind of is. You like him? But then you, it's very conflicting. Like you, you root for him, but you also right. are like, God, he's awful. Oh yeah, that's he's, my favorite thing about this whole show is yeah. your like internal conflict of like you're rooting for him and then you hate him and then you're rooting for him kind of again. It's just so weird. It is. It's it is very conflicting, which is why I originally tried to watch the show when there was just one season and I couldn't because I was I hated him so much. Mm. But he's not a total bad guy. So he also has this neighbor, this woman who was in an on again off again relationship with this. Uh, he's like a 
parole officer, but he's obviously an abusive alcoholic. Um, and she has this son named Paco that he befriends. He talks to him. He gives him advice. He even gives him food sometimes because this kid, his mom, unfortunately, is not able to always provide. And she spends a lot of her time going back and forth with this guy. Um, so you, you do root for him a little bit. He's not totally bad. Um, that one night Beck decides to, um, go to an open mic night. She like, she's, you know, an aspiring writer, but she also writes some poetry. And this girl has a lot of demons. She tells people that her father is dead. He was an alcoholic. Um, and so she writes very sad, melancholy poetry. She goes to an open mic night with her friends. One of them being Peach, who is supposedly related to J.D. Salinger, the writer, if you don't know who that is, mm-hmm. uh, Catcher in the Rye. You should look it up. Um, which, I mean, is that even, for you literary people out there, is that even possible? Yes. That he has a peach? I mean, obviously not that Oh, like person. some sort of like like cousin or, or a cousin, a niece, granddaughter, something like that. That's very possible, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, anyway, so she and her friends go to this open mic night. She gets very drunk, goes up on stage and completely bombs. She's getting booed. People are telling her, like, get off the stage. Like, why are you so sad? So she stumbles out and um, drunkenly falls on the train tracks where Joe just happens to be and saves her, saves her life. When he gets her back home, he steals her phone um, out of the cab. And that's when he meets Benji, her on-again, off-again boyfriend, who is um, just a trust fund, spoiled little brat, um, just, you know, typical, like, hipster guy, um, and Joe is immediately like, I need to get rid of this guy. So uh, by the end of the very first episode, he has already lured Benji into, uh, he, like, claims he's, Benji's selling, what, like, some sort of, like, carbonated sodas mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. His business. Yes. Yeah. And, um... He says, oh, I've got this guy here. Like, come meet him. He goes down to the basement and just hits him over the head with a mallet, and he places him in a book vault. And the vault is almost a character itself. It transcends the two seasons so far, Mm -hmm. and it's where Joe commits some of his most heinous crimes. Um, Benji deserved to die anyway. I'll just say it right now. He He was just a piece of garbage. He was. Uh, so Joe doesn't trust that Benji won't expose him, so he blackmails him. Benji and some of his frat boy friends uh, hazed a kid into dying. Mm-hmm. He, he drowned, I think. And there's a video of it that supposedly Benji and his family had gotten rid of, but uh, it still exists. So Joe is trying to blackmail him into not telling anyone what happened, that he kidnapped him and... Um, but he still doesn't trust him, so he finds out that uh, Benji has a peanut allergy, puts peanut oil in his coffee, and he dies of an allergic reaction. Mm. So then Joe's trying to figure out what to do with his body. Meanwhile, uh, Beck is wondering what happened to Benji. And this is where it does get really interesting is Joe has access to her phone. She gets a new phone, but because they're connected, iPhones, whatever, he's still able to see everything she's doing. And uh, he also has Benji's phone. So he's posting for Benji, pretending that he's still alive, that he's just kind of going on this bender over the world, wherever, just that he's partying, doesn't care about Beck anymore. So he thinks, oh, I've gotten rid of Benji. Now Beck is going to want to be with me. Well, not necessarily. So she just starts kind of hooking up with random guys to kind of get over him. And she tells her friends, you know, I'm... I don't know about Joe. He's a maybe. And so then Joe, uh, 
Uh, his, his internal monologue through this whole thing is is kind of what kept me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? When when she says that, when he said when she says that, right? Uh, he's a maybe or whatever. Like that just drives him further, right? Mm-hmm. And it just I, I that that whole thing because if it was just a it was just like him being a stalker. Well, that could be lifetime movie material, right? I mean, it just doesn't. Eh. Plus, you kind of start to empathize with his justifications for what he does to Benji because he talks about how Benji like manipulates Beck and he mm-hmm. drives Beck like crazy because he doesn't like Benji's basically just like hooking up with Beck and then ghosting her and it yep. drives her crazy. Mm-hmm. So Joe feels like he is helping Beck by eliminating these Benji. bad people from mm-hmm. our and life. Benji just True. sucks anyway. So Joe like mm-hmm. basically feels like he's doing the world a favor by getting rid of Benji. He too. helped the world by getting rid of Benji. That's, he kinda, that's yeah. He, but good. but can we all say that? Just we should just murder people, <laughs> like with justifying murder just because he's a shitty guy. Well, See, that's it, the moral dilemma throughout this whole show. Right. Yeah, because <laughs> you question because your own morals from like Joe's point of view and his internal monologue. You you hear his own justification for it, and you're like, well, you can kind of see where he came from. Yeah. It makes sense. It makes mm-hmm. sense. I mean, yeah. you kind of become Joe in a way because mm. this is all like also kind of your monologue in mm-hmm. a way. Right. right. Um, Joe still monitoring um, Beck's phone, finds out she's meeting with this guy, the captain, who he thinks is just some other man. Mm. So he follows her. They go to a Charles Dickens festival, and she fi- he finds out that it's actually her father. So if you remember, I said that she tells him that her father died. Well, he's still alive. He just ran off and started a new family. So, and he found God. And so he's a religious man and he has a new wife and some new kids. She has step-siblings. Joe, again, just happens to be there. And so they meet up and they all have like dinner or lunch together. Beck kind of explodes at her dad. And uh, so what happens after that? Joe comes to her dad's rescue doesn't he like for kind a little of. bit and that causes a weird rift and then they go yeah he kind of says like hey your dad's trying right like he's trying to you yeah. know yeah he mm-hmm. screwed up and he you know relapsed and mm-hmm. has all these issues but he's trying to be a better person he's trying to be there for you and she yeah is upset and um kind of pushes him away like you don't know me mm-hmm. um meanwhile peach who i brought up before so peach is uh beck's best friend um, she also is kind of obsessed with Beck. You find out that she has all these pictures of her and videos and um, even has like a like a video as form of like blackmail almost of her. Mm-hmm. Um, but she's also at the same time very suspicious of Joe throughout the whole thing. She sets up this meeting with, um, is it a writer? Like they have this big party. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, Beck finds out through Joe that... Uh, Peach was saying that she should drop out of school. Like, there's no point in doing that. She's not ready to be a writer. So, causing a rift between her and Peach. Joe, again, just kind of wants to get rid of Peach. He thinks that all of her friends and all these people she spends her time with are bad influences. They're not helping her be her best self. So, while Peach is out running, he follows her and hits her over the head with a rock. And he thinks she's dead. And just kind of, and this is actually kind of funny. He's like, oh, shit, oh, shit didn't mean to do that like like he's very impulsive like he doesn't intentionally like he does these things and he's like oh shit shouldn't have done that Mm -hmm. so he runs away from the situation but then finds out that peach is still alive and also at the same time peach thinks she has a stalker i guess because she's a socialite she's wealthy and people you know an instagram influence she's whatever she is 
she's had stalkers in the past. And so he's able to play it off as, oh, it was one of your stalkers, you know, that attacked you. But she's still very suspicious of Joe the whole time. Even after she recovers, she thinks that, you know, something's not right here. Well, I kind of want to back up, too, because in a few episodes, like at the very beginning of the season, when Joe and Beck first start going out, they go to a party at Peach's house. Yes. And mm-hmm. he is he recognizes somebody at the party. And this girl comes up to him and is like, hey, um, so what happened with you and Candace? And so we kind of get introduced to um, the story about Joe's ex-girlfriend, Candace, who supposedly had just up and left for a man in Rome and no one had heard of heard from her since mm-hmm. mm. so that kind of begins the suspicion from Peach's side of like that's really weird like yeah everyone is kind of suspicious about that because Joe doesn't have very definitive answers about it he just says that like oh she just left me for a guy in Rome and mm. and everybody kind of kind of buys it but thinks that it's just really weird so that's kind of a little like backstory going on through yep. this whole thing and kind of prompts Peach to starts suspecting that Joe is not who he says he is or that he's got this weird backstory that he doesn't want to talk about. Here's what's, here's what I think is kind of interesting about just just him in general, like not liking him, liking him that time. It, it, you, everyone that he ends up eliminating or trying to eliminate is a piece of crap. Right. Right? And so you're kind of happy when they're dead or <laughs> not there anymore. Right. That's right? the thing is you like empathize with Joe. Right. Because he's like, well, I'm doing this because of mm-hmm. this. And you're like, oh, that seems oh, reasonable. That, makes, that yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. And that, that person, Peach was just a, a less effective version of Joe. Right. That I, I Just a female, less effective version. That's all. I mean, if Peach had had a, a cell phone, had one of Beck's cell phones or whatever, she could be doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And she is also very manipulative of Beck, too. Right. Like, she wants her all to herself. Yep. Like, she doesn't want her to be successful so that she can manipulate her. And, mm. I mean, there are people like that out there that, sure. mm-hmm. that would rather bring people they love down so they can, almost like a um, Moon, Munchausen by proxy, kind mm-hmm. of, in a way, like a different kind of that, where they just, they mm-hmm. want them to be down so they can... They can coddle them and keep them all to themselves. They don't want them to, to you know, succeed and grow and, you know, right. be out on their own and find other people that they can, you know, be right. friends with or date or whatever. Right. And Joe kind of tries to tell Beck about what he's learned about Peach. He tells he tells Beck that Peach is in love with her and that mm-hmm. she's manipulating her and Beck's just not having any of it. Um, so Peach decides to invite Beck to their like family estate in Greenwich and Joe finds out about that and follows them like of the course that he is well, of course and um Peach invites one of her male friends over and they do drugs and then Peach tries to get Beck to basically like be in a threesome with mm. the the three of them and she kisses Beck and Beck's like oh my god like Joe was right mm-hmm. um so she turns Beck turns Peach down um and Joe is inside the house like at this family estate he's right. just like creeping around the house um reading Beck's like text messages and, what, and whatever um so in the morning uh Beck is leaving and Joe is like sneaking around the house um he pees in this jar that he finds yeah. in the hallway because he's trying to be sneaky he doesn't want to use the bathroom he really has to pee so he pees in this mason jar and then puts it on a shelf and forgets about it <laughs> so yes that, that's important so, later yeah. yes and so weird like just it was so weird and then uh peach finds him in the house and she mm. pulls a gun on him and she accuses of him stalking her she thinks that he's the stalker and then joe basically told tells her everything that he knows about her and they get in this little like like wrestling thing and mm. peach dies um 
and Joe decides to cover it up by saying that it was a suicide. He writes a suicide note on Peach's computer and leaves it for the detectives to find her. Meanwhile, you know, there's a jar of his pee in the house and he leaves and forgets about it. Um, Which every good criminal should. Oh, yeah. Right? I mean, and that's was... that's one thing that really bothers me about this show is, like, he's not careful at all. No. No. I mean, he no. I mean, his biggest, you know, like, disguise is a baseball hat. Like, <laughs> like that is what he, he just puts this hat yes. down super True. low on his brow to, you know, disguise himself. How he's mm. never seen, how his fingerprints are never found on anything. Right is beyond me but i think that he kind of plays this like hidden in plain sight kind of character because he's not anything special really he's just mm-hmm. kind of this like guy that works in a bookstore he's like mm-hmm. not particular i mean he's handsome but he's not like you know I'm, like he's n- just not he's, sure he doesn't have money he doesn't mm-hmm. have a right. you know high he's paying kind of just job nobody and yeah. not many people really know him and so he kind of just hides in plain sight and That's gets away true. with it yeah. for a lot of this season and you find out a little bit more about his backstory too you find out more in season two but yeah. in season one you find out that he was an orphan essentially and the owner of Mooney's took care of him and you also find out that he was slightly abusive he would lock mm-hmm. him in the vault sometimes if he you know misbehaved and so that kind of explains why he was such a weirdo and had all these issues. Um, after Peach dies, uh, Beck is obviously, there's a, there's a distance between her and Joe. You know, she's going through this, you know, dealing with the loss of her friend. Beck's other friends are like, hey, Beck's birthday is coming up. Let's throw her a big party. You know, she always says she doesn't want a big party, but let's, you know, let's do it for her. Let's do it for Peach. You know, try to take everyone's mind off of it. And so they do. And Beck is very upset. She said, I told you I wanted something small. I don't want this big party. And so she breaks things off with Joe. Um, And at the same time, like they both are seeing this Dr. Nikki, who is played by none other than John Stamos. So happy about that. Um, So and he starts to think that, you know, she has all these excuses on why she's late or whatever it's because she's seeing her therapist well he starts to suspect that she's sleeping with her therapist which you find out she is but she is very defensive like how could you think that like of course i'm not um so he starts also seeing the same therapist and there it's funny there's like a back and forth they're both talking about the same people um but Joe comes off as he's he's gay and it's this man that he's with and uh, changes all the names and the situations, but it's the same people they're all talking about. And, you know, Dr. Nikki is just, you know, giving them both advice on the same situation. Um, you got to give him credit here, though. He never once slipped and said she or her. He no, always yeah. stuck with his with his. Uh, he's a really good liar. Right. We'll see. Psycho- really good liar. Psychopaths are very smart. Otherwise, how could they get away with all of these things? I think it's hilarious that Dr. Nikki does not put two and two together. Right. About, I mean, yeah, Joe does a really good job of, um, like, using a fake name and mm-hmm. changing his story from Beck to being, like, a man and whatnot. But really, if they're talking about the same things at their therapist, like, like the situations minute. are still the same. Right. It's just odd that right. he This seems all too familiar. Out. Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, after all of this, after the breakup, Joe starts dating this woman, Karen. And they're having a great time. Like she's a great girl. Like they're having fun. It was a horrible fit, by the way. I, yeah. I didn't. I, I didn't buy that one bit. No. One bit. No. Uh, but uh, even as like a bounce back sort of relationship, it was thing odd here, for just, sure. It just didn't work. No. Didn't work. Um, but I mean, you know, he, you know, they, they, they seem to be having a good time. Um, uh, and then Beck actually gets um, a book deal. She's writing a story about peach right mm-hmm. yeah and so she gets a book deal she's she's successful this is just a couple months after everything else happens 
Um, but then Beck begins to miss Joe, and she starts texting him after she runs into him and Karen, um, just at like a like a food truck. Um, both Beck and Joe continue to confide in the therapist, um, and uh, he starts. You know, they both start saying like, "Oh, you know, I'm going back to my old ways. I'm going back to this person." And Nikki keeps, t- or yeah, Doctor Nikki keeps saying like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Essentially. Um, uh, Beck then admits to Joe that she knows how good he was for her. She was afraid of how much she needed him. So Joe breaks things off with Karen, like just super bluntly, like, hey, this isn't working. I'm done. So Karen's obviously upset about it. Um, and then Joe and Beck get back together. But then Karen confronts Beck and she said, because uh, they both know of Candace, but they don't know anything about her they don't know anything about the relationship Mm -hmm. and karen just kind of brings up like hey you know maybe the same thing's gonna happen to you what happened to candace whatever happened to her so then beck starts getting suspicious like okay who is this candace so she starts like prodding him like hey tell me about your past like i want to know like how are we gonna really know each other if we don't know each other's past um, and then this is when we find out a little bit more about Candace. We get little sneak peeks of like little flashbacks, if you will. You find out that she was in this band and he met her just like on the street when they were like, you know, unpacking all of their stuff from the van. They start dating and then she starts seeing uh, like a producer mm-hmm. um, behind his back. And then Joe kills the producer, just shoves him off a building. And then um, once again, no one misses him. I mean, that's... Okay, again. that guy didn't do anything wrong. Well, he didn't know that they were together. Okay. He thought he was just seeing some hot girl in a band. Okay. Also, why would you ever be on a, a top of a building with somebody that is accusing you of cheating? Right. Right. Gr- just like, sitting just on the danger. edge of the roof. Mm-hmm. Danger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get off the top of the building. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll give the story. I'll give this... I'll give him credit for one thing. They knew how to build suspense. Yes. It was either him hiding in, you know, and breaking into places or whatever, or this on the roof. Like, they did a really good job building that suspense mm-hmm. and making you feel, as a viewer, feeling uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. That mm-hmm. I, I thought that was, I, I don't enjoy that feeling, but at the same time, if you didn't have that, then it was, it's just a stalker story. Yeah. You just change the music a little bit and he's a stalker. He's not a, he's not in love and trying to do the right thing or whatever you always think that he's gonna get caught he's always, always. in a situation where you're like oh my god somebody's gonna catch he him never yep. does like never. he almost gets caught in her apartment he mm-hmm. almost gets caught well he does get caught by peach and peach's house mm-hmm. but yeah. then he kills her like then, well, he, then he just kills her no, no one's gonna know yep, yep. Yep. Yeah, um, goes. the last couple episodes are where everything kind of explodes um so beck confronts Joe, she starts to do a little bit of investigating. There, she can't find anything about Candace. She can't find like her last post on Instagram was over a year ago. Like, she, there's nothing new from her, and so she starts to get suspicious. Like, okay, what is going on? Why, why hasn't she been posting? I mean, it's the 21st century. It's 2018 or whenever it's supposed to be at the time. You know, everyone's posting. Why did she all of a sudden stop? Why is she just quiet? You know, white noise on all of her all of her pages. Right. So she confronts Joe, and he says. He shows her, and I'm wondering, did he create this account with a different name? Uh, you can only assume that's true, yes. So he created a new account, like, hey, she changed her name mm-hmm. when she left, and so that's why you can't find anything new on her. So she's like, okay, okay, I trust you. Then she also confines a Joe, like, yes, I did cheat on you with Dr. Nikki. Mm. 
which he already knew because in his baseball hat, mm. he confronts Dr. Nikki and is like about to kill him and then looks through his phone and sees that they had been talking because Dr. Nikki is starting to get a little, not obsessed with Beck, but he wants to be with her. And mm-hmm. she's like, I told you it's over. So he already knew, but just she uh, admitted it to him. And then clued in by something Paco says just when they're in the hallway of the apartment, Beck finds out that he has this hiding place in, above the uh, ceiling in his bathroom where she finds a pair of her underwear, mm. um, teeth from various people, just this creepy serial killer box of stuff. And she finds her old phone. She finds Benji's phone. And so then she's like, oh, shit. Okay, this guy's insane. Look, what dude doesn't have a box of weird old stuff that they got to hide? Okay, I'm kidding. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. <laughs> we it learned something weird. new about Rich right? today. Okay. And then he comes, he like goes out to get them breakfast when she finds all of this and she's yeah. like, shit. And she very quickly leaves and oh he's like, well, hey, what, what, what's going on? Like, yeah. why are you leaving? And she like, was giving me heart anxiety. Yeah. It was. She like yeah. breaks glass. Right. Yeah. She like drops she the, drops the teeth. Oh, she drops the teeth yeah. with and, well the this little glass jar holding yeah. teeth. She like drops it and breaks it in the bathroom. She like mm-hmm. got blood all over the place, didn't she? she yeah. Was, like, she like cut glass. her hand. Yeah. Oh my god, it was like just panic, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh my god, mm-hmm. clean it up. So then, uh, Joe finds out that she knows, and um, he locks her in the vault. So well, this course. is the uh, the well, second yeah. person, well, aside from Joe mm-hmm. back in the day, second person that he has locked in the vault. Which um, makes perfect sense, right? Honestly, I mean, in that just... vault is freaking sweet. Like, it is pretty cool. It's like, for, like a old books plexiglass mm-hmm. vault that's like, I don't know how big do you Sound, think it is. Well, it's like whole, 10 by 10. Probably. It's soundproof, yeah, right? Probably. Soundproof. Soundproof, yeah. but it's got like a little box, like a little like mailbox thing like yeah you can bring in food a little one way feeding box or whatever <laughs> yeah it's got books it's got like a like a little chair mm-hmm. it's pretty cozy actually yeah. like I would sit in there if yeah. I was not Read forcibly locked in it whatever yeah yep. and then the final episode of season <laughs> one is super action packed so uh, Joe has Beck locked up and he goes to meet with her friends. He thinks that she's run away with somebody. Like, hey, she said she was going on this this writing retreat. Do you guys know where she is? And he learns from her other friends that Peach's family has hired a, a PI to look into her murder because they, they don't think it's a suicide. They think it's a murder. So he's like, ah, shit. Uh, Got to fix that situation. Um, Joe imprisons Beck essentially because he wants her to focus on her writing. And he thinks he's doing her a favor. Like, hey, me putting you in here, you're going to, you know, write something great. Um, She suggests that uh, Joe uses, does she? That Joe uses uh, Dr. Nikki as a scapegoat. Like, hey, blame it all on him. And she's trying. She does, yeah. Yeah, she's trying to manipulate him. Like, hey, I I do love you. I get why Mm -hmm. you did all of this. So he'll let her go. Mm -hmm. And she does escape. And this part made me so sad. She like gets out. She like hits Joe on the head and she runs up to the door and Paco's there. Yep. And Paco doesn't let her out. He just like walks away. And then Beck is killed. Mm. She dies. Yep. And then Joe does exactly what she says. She uh, or he uh, frames Dr. Nikki. Mm Mm-hmm. Makes it seem like he became obsessed with her, buries her in like his backyard, basically, and um, that that is season one. He is he still at the, he's still at the bookstore, and then Candace shows up, and yeah. that's how the first season ends on yeah. a huge cliffhanger. Like, what? What's going on? Mm-hmm. So, uh, 
That's season one. Yeah. A lot of shit happens in 10 episodes. See, and if it had just ended at season one, eh, I'd kind of be okay with it. I would kind of be okay with it. See, I agree. And like, I like a good cliffhanger. Like, you Mm -hmm. don't have to know everything that happens. But season two is where shit really starts to get weird. You think it's weird in season one. It gets really weird in season two. Mm -hmm. And we will get to that very shortly. But first, let's talk about what else we're watching. Okay, y'all. Y'all. What oh el- my gosh. Y'all. What, are, what, mm-hmm. what else are we watching right now? <laughs> I uh, just finished season one of Shit's Creek. Yes. Everyone tells me you have to watch this. It's so funny. Rich, you haven't watched anything. That's not true. What do you, you even do? I don't know. He hasn't, wa- he still hasn't watched Breaking Bad. Well, I run a business. And that's true. Oh, oh. That's true. You, that's you right. do have very well, Okay, so I can get all the credit. Busy. There's somebody else here that does it too. But, you know, in addition to that. Yes. But, but you watch other stuff. I do but watch you, other stuff. you don't yeah. watch what I tell you to watch. I will watch Breaking Bad at some point, I promise. Oh, my God. Come on. I promise We've I We've been will. telling you for months. I know. I know. That's painful. Uh, you know what? We really like, uh, we, my wife and I really like to watch like those, uh, like documentary, like yes. about like 48 hours and, and 2020s and stuff like that. And so now we've discovered them on Netflix too. Like we just watched the Aaron Hernandez one. Ooh, Ooh. I heard that was really good. Which was fantastic. Here's the thing. Like, I, so I'm a football fan. I, I love baseball more, but I enjoy football. And the the story that we get for, about Aaron Hernandez isn't necessarily the same story that you get here. Like the real, like the real story. Mm-hmm. You almost kind of feel sorry for him. I think, and that's something that actually relates a lot to this show. That a lot of things that happen in people's lives, like impact them in such a way then it develops them into the person that they end mm-hmm. up becoming and i think that obviously you can't blame I, I don't know what i want to say basically you can't like just say oh well this person had a terrible past and that's why they murdered people right but i think it definitely contributes and it also oh, yeah. him having cte yes definitely contributed the, they don't his... nearly go into enough of that quite honestly i that's... think that there's just not enough research about it that's like true. completed yeah but well, isn't it like a fact that like most like serial killers had some sort of brain trauma? Yeah, and we talked about mm. that in the episode where we talked about confession killer, um, confession killer, because mm-hmm. he had had some really like terrible traumatic brain injuries and ended up supposedly killing people. And hmm. I think that those kind of traumas really do contribute a lot to. And your brain people. controls everything. everything I mean, if you right? have yeah. Like a serious injury to it, it's not gonna work right, you know. Like right. just like anything, you know, you mm-hmm. fuck up your knee and you're gonna be limping the rest you're of not your gonna life. Walk. Yeah, you can't run. You're not gonna walk right. You're not. So yeah, yeah so. It, it, it was know, hard crazy. to watch. It was, and, and you kind of feel if you, you find out that he was a closet bisexual his whole life, and and even when he was in prison, and and he was never okay with that because his dad wasn't okay with it, and mm-hmm. it really it it just made it made just sad. Spoiler alert. Dang. Spoiler alert. Sorry. Whoop. Dang. Yeah. It's only three episodes. You can make it through it tonight. Uh, yeah. That's what I've heard is that people like, you know, I, I, and I hate that I'm like this, but I always do have like a little tiny bit of empathy towards mm, killers because, some, because some. a lot of them have like traumatic past that they were abused mm-hmm. or that they, you know, like, yeah. I don't know. I just feel bad for product how, of their situation. Yes. Mm-hmm. How like terrible situations make somebody into who they are and that like if something hadn't happened to them like would they have still turned out that way, you know? Like what yeah. if he never had CTE? That's true. Would he have still killed I, um, well, I don't know. It's hard to say. Here's the thing. He got CTE from playing football. Right. From getting hit so many times. If he had never played football, I think there's there's a lot of just other uh, 
I, a lot of bad things happened to him, but I feel like that was right. still a really like big contributing factor for him justifying mm-hmm. like thinking that it was like gonna be fine. Well, right. think of it this way: like, do you think O.J. Simpson would have murdered people allegedly? But we all know if he hadn't have had all of those concussions, yeah, would he? Oh, well, I, where I, would he be? I have a feeling that if if it ever gets to the point where we could study, we, not me, we, like, scientists, study OJ's brain. <laughs> you yourself with, with the scientists. Right. I'm going to go study OJ's brain after we're done here. And then I'm going to have some lunch. I hope OJ's not listening. Uh, he, I don't think he is. So, he would tweet about <laughs> us, though. Isn't he in prison? No, no, he's, oh, he's out. No, he's out oh. now. He's Just out. Chilling. He's on Twitter now. You want to follow? You. Man, you want to follow a train wreck. No. OJ on Twitter is... There's enough of train wrecks on Twitter. Yeesh. So true. Yeah. Wow. Twitter just is just a shit Twitter. show. Yeah. 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 It hurts my feelings. Yeah. It really does. I can't. I can't. Anyway, Shit's Creek is amazing. You need to watch that. Mm-hmm. It's quick. It's like it's 20 minutes. It's Oh, nice. I started yeah. re-watching it because the final season is out now. Uh, well, not like streaming, but is being aired now on, I think it's Pop is what it's on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first, what, five seasons are available on Netflix yeah. right now? It's the first episode or the first season is thirteen episodes, twenty minute episodes. Oh, they're That's fast. Easy. That's oh, easy. yeah. We Quick watch. we like have just sped through it, and hmm. it's just hilarious. It's love great. It. If you love Catherine O'Hara, she yes. is. She, I mean, everybody in that show is great, but she is such a powerhouse, and she's so funny, and so much of the character Moira is just from her. Like she created the accent. She calls babies bibes. Bebes. And she just did that and she just, just rolled so with it. She's amazing. Um, um, the Levies are great. Um, Dan Levy actually created the show with his father, Eugene. And um, his uh, sister is in it as well. She plays Twyla. Um, one of the, oh. uh, yeah. I didn't know that. One of the, uh, she works at like the only restaurant in Schitt's Creek. Um, it's a wonderful show. It's just so funny. And Rich was saying earlier before we were recording that. Um, it gives him the vibe of uh, Arrested, Arrested Development, Development, which yeah. I would agree, but it's not as like subtle humor. As on a different level, but it has that kind of that same feel in general. Yeah, this this very wealthy family. Mm-hmm. Here's this. What? How does the beginning of that show go? Uh, Arrested Here, Development. Yeah. Yeah. Here's a story of a wealthy family who lost everything, and the one son, <laughs> who I can't. Oh, it's been so long. It's been so long. I need. I would love to go back and rewatch that. One honestly. son who had to keep them all together. It just, it's it's similar because it's just like a hilariously dramatic show. Like these rich people that are just having like such a hard time living like in <laughs> this like a red regular neck, life. Like, mm-hmm. town. It's so funny. It yeah. really is. Um, I am <laughs> rewatching The Office for the 100th time. Why? Why? Because I get such joy out of it. I love The Office and with the end of The Office coming on Netflix looming at the end of the year right it's yep. the end of this year um i might just I buy feel it all on pressure to watch mm-hmm. it again but there's so many other things i want to watch I you know just, i like, did that with time. with king of queens for the longest time like that is it, a really weird show i loved king with. of queens so much it was so awesome i i, I doug heffernan was not, you're just he's my spirit animal you're really just showing your I, age can right I, now. can i, know, I right. say something and you <laughs> yes. might get offended by it no i never get offended <laughs> kevin james wouldn't have a career if uh chris farley hadn't have died that's a hundred percent false, but really, no, that is so false. I mean, he wouldn't have had as big of a career just because he's say. a fat guy. I, I don't, no, 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 no. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. 
There can only be All one of, hilarious fat guy. There can be only one comedy. big fat guy. <laughs> That's it. No. It no. started with Belushi, then it moved to to Chris Farley, and then it moved to Kevin James. No, but all of the movies that Adam Sandler has done that Kevin James is in, he would not be in. Mall Cop. If, well, uh, all of the Happy Madison films that he's in, mm-hmm. he wouldn't have been in. I don't know. I guess you could make an argument for that. He maybe would have had maybe somewhat of a career, but it wouldn't have been as big, in mm. my opinion. Jamie's yeah. unpopular opinion. Unpopular my unpopular opinion. opinion. I just, I've heard Kevin James is an asshole. In public? Really? Yeah. That's I've so heard he's a jerk. Mm. He well, seems like such a teddy bear. He's a New he Yorker, does. right? I mean, he's a New They're Yorker. They're all assholes. No yeah. offense to our New York travelers. No, they don't. They're, they know. <laughs> they know. <laughs> they totally know. Uh, it's like the French. They just know. They just, they just know. know that they're snooty. Yeah. They just, but they're proud of it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, Not everyone can be Midwest nice. Nebraska nice. <laughs> right. I'll tell you, <laughs> some people I know born and raised here are almost too nice, and it's frustrating. It is true. Mm. I've lived here my whole life, and I'm like, God, I'm not as nice as some of these people. One of the, one of the best stories I ever heard. This is such a side story. Uh, that's fine. That's what, the, that's what the section of the show for? is for. Steve Seitner here, right? Everyone loves, he loves everyone. He just, he's super happy, bubbly, fun all the time, right? It's just, it's hard How to annoying, catch him in a right? bad mood. <laughs> right. <laughs> He says hello to everybody. He says good morning he's to everybody. Just so happy. The first time he's in New York, he like he gets up in the morning. And he goes. He's going down to get coffee, and he walks out the front door. And guys walk into him, and he goes, "Hey, good morning." And the guy goes, "Go fuck yourself." Whoa! And Steve was like, "Okay, <laughs> what? Welcome to New York. Welcome to New York. <laughs> it's been waiting for you." Yes. Yeah. Sad. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, mm. um, yeah. That that is an unfortunate story. It makes I've never. Okay, I don't want to say this. I don't have much desire to go to New York. I am very much, I feel like, I I feel like I have a smaller town personality, Mm -hmm. but I have more of a, I guess, blue state mind, if you will. (laughs) I I feel that I would would feel more like-minded with some people Mm -hmm. in a place like New York or LA, but the noise and oh, the amount of like people dirty. and just how traffic it, you know the city ne- never sleeps the yeah. traffic i mean the traffic in omaha is bad enough i can't imagine the traffic in new york no. i literally need to sleep mm-hmm. right that's like not acceptable i just me. can't right. i can't imagine living there that would no. it would drive me insane no i couldn't either i've been to london which they say is like clean version of new york city hmm. um it's very similar, I would say. No, I haven't been in New York City, but London is, you know, they have the tube station and all that stuff that kind of runs our town and or their city. And um, it is really, really nice. But if it were any dirtier, I would not. Nah. No, thank you. Nah. It, it really is. Like, it is pretty clean for a big city. But when they say that New York is like just dirty London, I'm like, oh, not interested. <laughs> it's just dirty London. <laughs> not interested. I know a lot of people who live there that absolutely love that kind of life and they just they've just completely blossomed from their from their Midwest roots and good for you guys, but not for me. Nah. But uh anyway, that's what else we're watching and also what else we're talking about, I guess. Back to your regular <laughs> regularly scheduled <laughs> review. I love having Rich here. All right, guys, we're back to our review of the show. You, um, we're going to very quickly get through season two. So season two begins with uh, Joe, who is now Will. 
Will. He is no longer Joe. He has changed his name and he has moved to LA. And he has started working at this place called Anavrin, which, if you can believe it, is Nirvana spelled backwards. Wah, wah. Which, so LA. It should have been your first clue as this is going to be just just garbage. It, it, it is. And okay. I, yeah. So right off the bat, he meets a few different people. You can obviously suspect that he's running from Candace, who has found him. And Candace is like, I'm going to expose you for who you are. I know what you've done without really having any proof, but I, I'm going to, you know, completely ruin your life. And we still don't know at this point what he's done to no. Candace. No, we don't. We just know that he killed her, her lover. And that's all we know. And mm-hmm. then she disappeared. And that's all we know. Um, well, and- actually, we're kind of led to believe throughout the first season he has a lot of flashbacks of her and so we're really led to believe that she's dead for the whole first season and that's why we're surprised when we so see then her when she, yep when she shows up we're like oh she's well she's not, not dead. dead what happened so he runs away from her moves to la and he moves into these apartments um run by this woman named delilah and um her younger sister ellie her younger sister ellie she's about 15 she's an aspiring I don't even know what, just filmographer. Filmographers. She's very interested in film. She's very interested in art. Mm -hmm. She's not, you know, your typical 15 year old. I mean, she does love her phone and Instagram, but she's very, very intelligent. Um, And so he kind of hits it off with with her in a platonic way, of course, um, but also in a way kind of mentoring her. Um, A very Paco kind of way. Yeah, protective of her. Mm -hmm. Um, And meanwhile, he gets this job at Anavrin. He works in like, it's like a, a, like a Whole Foods essentially, but it also has like a little cafe section with books. And so he's working over there. That's where he meets um, Forty and Love, who are a set of twins who work there. Love, is she like a... She's a chef. She's a chef there. Mm -hmm. And Forty just works at like the cafe. He finds out that their parents own it and they just run it. Um, and he immediately becomes, you know, smitten with love like he did with with Beck. And, um, oh, we completely forgot at the end of season one, Beck, like he like publishes her work posthumously. Right. Um, so that kind of becomes important later in season two. Anyway, so he starts hitting it off with love. And um, you find out that love and 40 have kind of a really fucked up life. They, their parents, they come from a lot of money and their parents, uh, are not, they're, they're just very hippie-ish. Um, what else could we say about them, about their parents? Mm, I I think hippie is probably, that's, yeah. Just the best word for it. Typical LA residents. Just very, very wealthy. Ooh, fancy. mm -hmm. Um, They live in yurts and (laughs) weirdness. 40 has, uh what's the word I'm looking for? He and love are very codependent on each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, Forty's very codependent. He has addiction issues. Um, and so love is kind of always because their parents are so distant. She's always kind of taking care of her brother. And uh, you find out a little bit later on that love was married to a, a, a man and find out, you never find out what he gets sick with, but he just gets sick and he gets pa- sick and dies and passes away. And it's been like two years since he died. So she's just now starting to get back out there. And that's when she meets Will. And um, as far as Candace goes, you find out that Joe tried to kill her. And uh, you've, he thought he did. Like she, she like hits her head on a log. Um, and then she, you know, comes to, goes to the police, tries to uh, get him arrested like, but she has no proof. So the cop is like, hey, we can't do anything. They're, they're, 
we have nothing. Mm-hmm. But if you want, if you if you want our advice, if he thinks you're dead, stay that way because this man's crazy. She obviously doesn't do that. Then you find out. Uh, well, Joe and uh, Love start dating. Well, he he tries to say like, "Hey, I'm not ready to date. Just got out of something really serious." Um, so she's a little like, "Oh, bummer." Um, but then they do start dating, and um, <clears throat> they go to it's like their parents what like anniversary party or renewal no renewal of, of their vows, vows. Yeah. and um candace shows up as 40s girlfriend and she has a different name amy adam believe it or not super creative you're right yeah um and so joe's like shit well what the, what the fuck do i do mm-hmm. so candace is just using 40 to expose joe will whatever um and I'm rambling. Who wants, who wants to take at it At this off from point, there? at this point, it feels like the story's been written by a kindergartner with a red crayon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> because it's it's so just it it's so completely unbelievable from the character that we had in season one to the character that we have in season two. Now we were lucky enough to we my wife and I were lucky enough to watch this as season two just started. So we rolled right from season the end of Same. season one into season two. So you kind of it kind of felt like it was together but then it you're you're like whoa this doesn't feel right like i get he said he changed his name and whatever else and but and but still he's just not the same dude for a while it's just a shift i think everything about the show shifts in season two and some of the unbelievable parts is oh there's just so much going on like I'm, i'm i'm struggling to get through everything that happens in season two. Well, there's so many weird subplots happening at the there same time. Well, yeah. Henderson, there's this guy, um, Chris D'Elia, if you know who that is. Mm-hmm. He's a comedian, is playing this guy, Henderson, who um, is a big name in L.A. You find out he's also like a predator. And so Joe tries to get him to admit it and ruin his career, ends up accidentally mm-hmm. killing him. So now this guy is dead. Of course. Um, you find out Delilah was a sex- sexually assaulted by him. So he's trying to, in a way, help her expose him in a way, but kills him before he's able to do anything. Um, and then Ellie finds out, at, Ellie, right? Yep. yep. Um, Ellie finds out about this too. She doesn't at first, because she's spending time with Henderson. And of course he's like, what, 30s, 40s. Mm-hmm. She's 15. And that's part of why Joe is trying to expose him because he do, he's trying to protect Ellie and she doesn't realize that he's trying to take advantage of her. Um, he ends up drugging her and um, Joe shows up to the house and that's when he... Like she falls asleep on the couch and he ends up, you know, accidentally murdering him. Mm-hmm. Ellie wakes up not realizing any of this happened and leaves, you know, unassaulted and then finds out the next day that he, they, again, he, I think he tries to play it off as a suicide he plays again. plays it off as a suicide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then there's a news post, you know, something in the news like that now they think it's a murder. And so they're trying to figure out who murdered him. Meanwhile, Delilah's dating this, dating, like sleeping with this cop who, mm-hmm starts being suspicious of joe will um he patrols the neighborhood that of the apartments they live in and he sees will with a trash bag with like 600 dollars headphones at like mm-hmm. four in the morning which is obviously weird they just so happen to also be the headphones that henderson promoted and like mm. had so that is also weird he's just a beat cop though he doesn't know no but That's he had kind of like a little side plot too that yeah. like the cop. Fincher, the cop, yeah. is trying to figure out. He doesn't believe that Henderson's death was a suicide, so he's kind of trying to put the pieces together for that. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, and never mind at the same time that Joe and Love are kind of on a break, right? And mm-hmm. Love is, is now with some other dude that Joe is nailing, Joe Will is nailing the the girl, right? The whatever, uh, Ellie's mom. What, what's her name? I can't remember. Delilah. Delilah, thank you. Yeah. Which completely unnecessary, but happened. Yeah, they, they start seeing each other and then they get arrested for um, public indecency. They're mm-hmm. having sex in public yep. and then um, they're about to be booked and he's like, shit, like, no, they're going to find out the truth about me and, mm-hmm. you know, all this stuff is going to start falling apart. And the cup of urine is going to come back to haunt him. Pretty much, because he's been off the grid. Like, he, they yep. don't have his fingerprints. They don't have anything with his DNA, so they right. can't really link that to him yet. Yep. Um, meanwhile, uh, Candace is trying to tell Forty in love, like, hey, Will is not who he says he is. He is a crazy person. He has murdered people, and they think she's crazy. Um, and then... Forty is also trying to like get like he's an aspiring like director, I think. Producer. He's trying to get a movie made about the book that Beck wrote. Mm -hmm. And this so this is all very conflicting for Joe. Like, well shit, like I murdered her. And so they this episode's actually really funny. He gets him to take acid without him knowing. And so they have this like crazy trip. Also, Delilah finds out about Joe. I forget how, I think uh Fincher like kind of gives her some clues like hey this guy isn't who he says he is Mm -hmm. I'm suspicious of him she goes to his apartment you know being the manager she's allowed to technically go in there Mm -hmm. she finds keys to his secret uh like storage storage Mm -hmm. unit where she finds the uh cage or or whatever Mm -hmm. the vault which that confused me and I brought this up with Rich like how how did he he move that? that yeah how did he move that how does it fit in a storage unit Whatever. So she goes Written there. Written by a kindergartner with a crayon. <laughs> so then Joe. Well, that's convenient. Joe finds Delilah there and locks her in the room trying to buy time. He's like, maybe I can, you know, buy her off. Maybe I can, you know, give her a bunch of money and she'll be quiet or whatever. He leaves her there and has her on this like timed um, set of handcuffs that will release her at a certain amount of time. So when he's on the drugs, he's like, shit, I got to get back to her in time. Like, but if acid can last for up to 12 hours so they're high for this whole time um trying to you know get out this uh this this movie plot and that's when 40 confesses to joe that he so you find out again about the family they had this au pair who was older than 40 she took advantage of him and then she was murdered Forty is made to believe that he murdered her, but then you find out, surprise, he didn't. Love did. Love did. Love you murdered. You saw this coming a mile away. See, I didn't. What? I oh. didn't. And that's why I thought it was unrealistic because basically you find out Love is actually crazy. She murdered the au pair and made Forty to believe that he did it. Um, and the family covered it up. And uh, while Joe is like trying to retrace his steps of like the time that he lost when he was on drugs, Mm -hmm. he realizes that Delilah is in is still in the cage and he goes to like go and check on her because he's not sure what happened to her. Mm -hmm. And he finds her in there murdered, like blood everywhere. Mm -hmm. And he is scared that he did it because he doesn't recall what he did the night before. Right. Right. Um, But then like we come to find out that basically it was it was love that killed her yep mm-hmm. love finds out about everything she and candace are both going to the um storage unit and mm-hmm. love like confesses about everything um 
Candace tries to lock Joe in there. He, 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 Love murders Candace. Uh, yes. It's all just like psycho. And then, yeah, Joe. The last two episodes are just like freaking nuts. They really are. And that's where it kind of really goes off the rails Uh because it it, so much happens so fast. Joe ends up getting locked in the vault and that's when Love is like, okay, this is how we're going to handle the situation. We're going to make Delilah seem like she killed herself and she's going to be this feminist icon because she exposed Henderson and whatever. Um, And then Candace, just nobody knows who she is, so... Not, you know, yeah. we don't have to worry about that. Right. She's um, already dead, technically. So. But then 40 starts getting suspicious. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, okay, like, is there any truth to well, what 40, Candace said? And during 40's trip, he realizes that the book that was written by Beck, um, that the end was actually not correct, that mm-hmm. Dr. Nikki is actually innocent, and that Beck's ex-boyfriend killed her. And he mm-hmm. realizes that Beck's ex-boyfriend is Joe slash Will. Mm-hmm. So he like runs to try to tell Love that Joe is like not, or Will is not who he says he is, that he murdered Beck. And they get into like this big fight and then Fincher comes out of nowhere yep. and kills 40. Mm-hmm. Oh, and also Love is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then, yep, and then Love's pregnant with Joe's baby and then like, Everything just goes to happily ever after with Joe and Love just move into a house to have their baby. In the suburbs. In the suburbs. So they make it, what's what's really fucked up about all this and what I hated season two is Fincher suspects Will the entire time and is really starting to, you know, kind of build up a, like a case against him. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, thinks it's forty. So then everyone yep. thinks, yeah. okay, it was forty who did all of this. It was forty who killed whoever, and he was behind all of mm-hmm. this. And and it all just goes away. And all of the you know mm-hmm. suspicion around Will is absolved. And then they move away and start a family. And then uh, the last like what five minutes are so frustrating. He sees that he has a neighbor, and then he starts getting interested in the neighbor. And then that's how the season ends. And who knows what's going to happen in season two? Three. 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 Sorry. Nothing, Who knows what's going to happen? Nothing redeeming will happen in season three. If I even make it through season three, I'll be shocked. Here's where it all... They, they could have <laughs> redeemed themselves, quite honestly. From all the craziness and the weird... And whatever else that just didn't kind of all add up and make sense. When she has him locked in the cage. And love. When love has, has Will locked in the cage. And love's like... I did it. I'm, you know, or whatever. And you see the whole flashback and you see how it kind of looked like she was stalking him in the first place and whatever. Like, he found his soulmate. She is his soulmate. They but, are the same person. But Joe doesn't like that. I, Joe doesn't want that. Why? He wants to be the one that is protecting his love, that he will do anything for love and that he will And love Quinn. That. It was. He'll do freaking anything. Anything. There's nothing he won't do. Yeah. Screw meatloaf. (laughs) He really won't. Will do anything for love. I'm fairly sure. Like whatever I had in my hand at the time, when he like turned against her, I I threw in the air because I was just done. I was just done. Oh yeah, he was about to kill her, and she's like, "Wait, no, I'm pregnant." Right. And he claims that. mm. Well, wait. What about this other Australian guy that you were with? Mm. And she's like, "I made him use protection." But how are we truly to believe her? Because she's Mm. been lying the whole time. She lied. Maybe it is the Australian baby. Who knows? There's so many unanswered questions for season three. I agree with Rich. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it through. 
it, it's just so much happened and I, I'm sorry we really rushed through the second season but we didn't want this to be too long but no, we, we, no I think you did a fine job because everything else was just so just crazy it's yeah. so crazy in the second season and Nina I want to know how does the second book end um the whole the whole second book is just like completely different it's like very 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 like loosely based on the second book um, is it the same with Candace like her whole thing that I mean in the, at the end of the second book which we get a little bit of this in the second season that 40 when 40 realizes that it is Joe he goes to New York and he's trying to get Dr. Nikki out of prison and he is like oh, he does show up yeah, there like, yeah. I, yeah. I, I believe you're innocent yeah he yeah. believes he's innocent Dr. Nikki's like dude let it go like whatever no I kind of like it here in jail yeah, yeah. basically he has and like, he finds God and he's like yeah he's just what? like it's over fine it. it's fine it's like no it's cool yeah, and but in in the second book, he actually like does get caught, uh, and he goes to jail. Mm-hmm. He goes to prison for that would have been much forever. more ever. That would have been 40, so much better. Yeah, yeah, so much better. He doesn't die. It's just yeah. Mm-hmm. And is love so crazy? Has love killed everybody in the second? Um, no, but love is accepting of when she finds out like what all Joe has done. She's hmm. like, oh, it's okay. Like, you know, mm. I see why you did these things. That's my you know? thought. Yeah. So, like, you think that everything's going to be fine, and then he gets arrested at the Taco Bell, which was really a great part of the book, I thought. But, yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know. Real quick, who is the actress's name who plays love? Victoria Pedretti. She is also in Haunting of Hill House, yes. if you guys are familiar with that series. Which, by the way, can I bring this up real quick? Weren't mm-hmm. we supposed to get a second season it's this coming. year? It's coming this year sometime, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, yeah. it's coming. But I think she's great. She's great in this show, I think. She is believable, but I don't think what happens to her character is believable. And I like Penn Badgley, but in the second season, he becomes... Well, personally, in my opinion, I don't know. Like, sometimes I root for him, but he's just so... Like, he feels like he's God's gift to these women. Like, I'm going to save you. Like, I'm going to make your lives perfect, and I'm going to eliminate all of the bad things in your life. And first of all, that's impossible. Nobody can do that. They have to do that for themselves. One. Two, you're a psycho. Stop following these women around and jack off to them in the bushes or steal their underwear or all this other creepy shit that he does or take their teeth or whatever it is. But by the way, whose teeth does he have? Whose teeth? It was uh, it was uh, homeboys from the. Uh, oh, he took all of his teeth. Yeah, I remember he had to go oh, pull him out. Oh yeah, to, so okay, have to yeah, yeah. fine. Yeah. Scratch all of that. This this feminist rant brought to you by Jamie Garlingo. Quiet. Seriously, <laughs> I, 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 I'm. Mm. There are dudes out there that actually feel this way, though. That, I, that they can save people. Absolutely. Yeah, but you can't. Absolutely. You can't save anyone. No, but they think they can. But but. One other thing that bothers me, and this has kind of been like a meme on the internet, is there's all these shows and documentaries about these like crazy people, but they're handsome or whatever. And, you know, women are falling in love with them. Like, you know, Ted Bundy was a very handsome, charismatic guy. And when he was on trial, he had all these women coming to his trial like, ooh, like he's scary, but I like it. And so it's kind of <laughs> such weird people out there. What? There are people that, Why? there are women that fall in love with dudes that are in prison. That is psycho. This happened, right? It happens. That's freaking psycho. A woman tried to marry a, um, Charles Manson, yeah, right? Did he end up sure. getting married before he died? Uh, I kind of think he did. He's got nothing else to lose. He's in prison. He's it's, dead. Or it was in prison. Was in go. prison. What about Homeboy up in, uh, in uh, what was that, To Catch a Murderer, that one show? 
right? She oh, was, yeah, yeah. Right? She fell in love with him and when he was in jail or whatever. Ted Bundy and, yeah. fathered a child in prison. I know. It's just ridiculous. Wow. Like, these women, I'm so sorry. Like, but I think that... What's wrong with you? In this, like, in this case, like, some one of the topics that I wanted to bring up is that, like, there's these predatory men, but then they... Like, what kind of women do they target? So, like, Beck was kind of... I don't... She wasn't... I don't know how to describe her, but she was kind of just, just like helpless woman that like wanted to be handed everything kind mm. of yeah in that way and and you know or she was very accepting of that yes yeah she was very accepting of that she bothered me a lot too like everyone in the show is of, terrible like yeah. there's no good person in this show everyone I'm, and I mean that's true of human nature like we're all shitty in different ways mm-hmm. but a lot of these people are just like. I'm not rooting. For, like I wasn't rooting for Beck. Beck was a shitty person. You know the one person I did root for in this in season Paco. two. Well, oh. Paco. Yeah, I wanted Paco. Yeah, true. Uh, the actual Will Bettelheim, the guy uh, that he yes. stole his identity. Yes. yes. So sorry we didn't bring he, that up. Well, I mean it's it's such a yeah. he stole somebody's identity and then kept him in the cage for a while and then he's like, no, I'm gonna go marry my fake girlfriend in the Philippines or whatever. And then you find it turns out she was out real. She's real. Yeah. And, and it's real, he and he did. really did go, and he lived happily ever after. And, and he didn't happy rat for him. Joe out, which and is incredible that Joe did not kill him, which mm. was kind of one of Joe's redeeming factors that you're he thinking, the one like, person okay, he didn't okay kill. maybe he's going to change. Because this all happens in, like, the first two episodes of season right. two. So you start to think, like, okay, maybe Joe has changed. Maybe he's not mm. going to kill people. Maybe. But the actual Will Betterheim was probably never given an opportunity like that. And Joe gave him the opportunity. And so that was just his way of paying him back. Mm-hmm. Well, and see, the real Will also wasn't perfect i mean he you know mm-hmm. w- was on the deep web doing yep. bad things for people and then there was that really that fucked up guy you remember that he kills the one that chops his finger off yes mm, yeah that yeah. guy was, that dude deserved to die i yeah, like he, that guy he really did he, he was, was scary oh, he was scary awesome though he was like he was so like, like oh here this is like, what's gonna happen oh, let hey, me see your finger hey. junk and then it was right yeah. he was scary but Joe's, like um kill count was significantly less in season two than season one how many people did he kill total he only killed two people in season two hmm. and he killed five people in season one how many people who who all did he kill let's let's so list the names in season one he kills we know that he killed had killed elijah which was candace's like lover when she cheated on him mm-hmm. um he kills benji in the beginning mm-hmm. beck's boyfriend he kills Peach, Beck's friend. He kills Ron, who's Paco's mom's abusive boyfriend. Yes. Yeah, that's right. He does. And then he kills Beck. Mm-hmm. And then in season two, he kills Jasper, who's the guy that cuts his finger off. Yep. And then he kills Henderson. And then mm-hmm. every, all the other deaths are not his fault. But that's when it could have really shifted. And you really could have had some redemption for the story in with him and and love and mm-hmm. it really could have just like turned into a, a I use this in a very lighthearted sort of watching a Netflix sort of way fun Bonnie and Clyde sort of story mm-hmm. like right? let's go run away together and let's yep and anybody that gets in their way we're gonna just we're just plow right through them yeah and see it could have ended that way if it, it had ended that way it could have just that's the end redeeming but, and then season three could have been just their crazy exploits or whatever but that's not what Joe wants he wants a woman that he can care for who's not going to be doing the same things on his behalf like as soon as he knows that she killed delilah not because he just had feelings for delilah but because love killed delilah he's like mm, i'm uninterested that's d- i'm done with this like no thanks that's so he weird. wants to be in control he wants to be the one that is like controlling the success of this relationship so why is he sticking around with love then at the end because of because of the baby, the baby? The which b- is the another, baby. like his baby. his 
character is he wants to care for care for people. He really does. He cares about Delilah and Ellie. He cares about Forty and how Forty is just like a shit show. He cares about Paco and Paco's mom in season one. He cares about Beck. You know, all he wants to fix all these people. He wants to fix them and make their lives perfect. And then, and you know, I get he does help some yeah. people. So because he, Ron is his name. Is that the 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 bad guy? Yeah, Ron is the mm-hmm. is Paco's mom's so, boyfriend. Yeah. Because he dies and Paco helped, and this that poor fucking kid. I know what a trauma. Oh, like he a had a traumatic. He was screwed up from the beginning. But helped, yeah, he was like abused. Yeah, his mom this was didn't abused. mess him up any. They further. leave and start their own life. Um, she also is an addict and mm-hmm. at some point goes through a, you know, a, um, oh gosh, what's the word? Like rehab? Uh, rehab? No, when you Relapse. get off of, dr- no, when you get off of drugs. Um, what's it called? It's when you quit drugs. When you quit drugs? And like that whole <laughs> thing you, that happens. And you relapse? No, what is it called? When you're clean and sober? no. It's when, like, let's We're playing say, hangman here. Let's like, Remember playing hangman let's with say the ketchup? You, let's say you're on heroin and then you're off heroin. What happens? You get your shit back together. No, no shit. Yes. <laughs> there's a word for it. What are it. you looking for here? No, like um, when you get really sick. Oh, when you get the, the withdrawal? Yes. She's oh going God. through withdrawal. Please cut all so long. I will, I will, I will. <laughs> That's what I was trying to wow. think of. I couldn't no, think of don't the word. cut. Keep that. Hangman. 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 We're so close. Um, so, you know, Paco and his mom end up having a, a good life. They leave and they start a new life together. I, uh, he thinks he's doing what's right for Ellie. Ellie ends up finding out everything. Well, not really, but she knows that her sister's gone. They had their own screwed up life. Like their mm-hmm. mom wasn't good to them. I don't think they knew their dad, whatever. So they were all they had. And when she finds out her sister's gone, she's like, well, shit, now what am I going to do? And, uh, she's like, you brought, you know, 40 and love into our lives, like, and she kind of puts two and two together that they're the reason that her sister is gone. She doesn't really know exactly what happened to her, but she knows that it's their fault. So he's like, hey, why don't you just, you're almost 16, run away. We will send you money. And she's like, you ruined my life. It's really sad. Also, they start, also the like FBI starts suspecting that she might have killed him mm-hmm. because she was there the night of. Uh, and Henderson. Yes, of Henderson. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, hey, run away, get on a train, just keep going just keep going and uh, we'll send you money. So at the end of the second season, you find out that, you know, they're sending postcards back and forth, like, hey, got the money. So I'm interested to see what's going to happen with her because if I found out that my sister, who was, you know, essentially my lifeline, my my only family, I wouldn't just let that go. No. So I want to know what she does mm-hmm. in season two. I want to know what happens to her or season three, goddammit. What happens to her in season three who is the neighbor? Some people think it might be Joe's mom. Who knows? Ew. I, <laughs> I hope it's not Joe's mom. Weird. Some people think it is because, like, he's not necessarily like, oh, hey, but he's like, something that who I was like, this? I was really waiting for more information on Joe's history. We find out about it in season two. We find out that through a series of like flashbacks, basically, that Joe's father was abusive to his mother. Um, his mom like frequently cheats on his father and like leaves Joe alone in like public places so she can go hook up with these guys. It's like super weird. Well, mm. I don't think she ever knows. He ever knows his dad. I think she was a loose woman and he never knows his father. 
No, and I she's... think the man that he kills is his father. Yeah, I thought his... that was just his uh, boyfriend. No, I think oh. it's his father. Mm. Oh, and then like was, yeah. because his, the guy is like trying to get information out of out of Joe, like trying mm. to basically get Joe to like confess that his mom's like been cheating on his dad. Oh, okay, and he like his dad's like burning him with lit cigarettes, and it's like really sad. And then basically Joe, as a child, finds his mom's gun and shoots his dad and kills his dad. Hmm. And then he gets turned over to like like child protective services. It's put in a group home, and that's how he ends up with, with Mr. Mooney, who then like mentally abuses him. Who was Shit. who is a former Soviet yes. like prison guard, which he, explains a lot too. Which is right. a, that was a fun little piece of the story, I guess too. It's, yeah, and it just yeah. it makes a lot of sense. Like 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 we were talking about with Aaron Hernandez mm. and stuff, like how people's weird childhood histories and stuff like mm-hmm. impact their lead, future and yeah, how they treat other who people. They are. True. Right. And would he have ever, if Miss, if Mr. Mooney like didn't lock him in that glass vault, would he have ever had that idea to do that to mm. other people? Oh, I think he would have come around to something, I guess. Maybe. He just would have killed him quicker. Maybe. All right. Let's get to our reviews just real quick. <laughs> season one and two. I don't know how, how many stars. Season two. How do can you feel I about sp- season two? Can Rich? I split it into two different? Yes. Yes. What do you rate season one? What do you rate season two? Is it two? out of five? Is that yes. how we do it yep. in here? So I would, I would definitely go like season one was a, a pretty good, like three and a half. For me, I enjoyed it. It was fine. There were some pitfalls in it, but I'm okay with that. Um, I knew what I was getting myself into. It was a Lifetime movie. Jenny makes me watch Lifetime movies from time to time. <laughs> I, I know it. I you know I under, I understood my. I, I, I understood thought for the a Lifetime show, it was pretty. Yeah. It was it was not as predictable as your typical Lifetime show. True. That's that's 100 percent true. Season two, um, if yeah. they had gone the way it could have gone, it would have been a much higher score. I'm real. It's it's hard for me to give it much more than like a one seven five on this. Like I just can't. Okay. I just ugh. Yeah. Ugh. What about you, Nina? Um, I loved season one. I would give that a five. I couldn't stop talking about it after I watched it. I told everyone and their mom to watch it. It was so good. I thought because it was it wasn't predictable. Like when he first kills Benji, I was like, holy shit, this is mm-hmm. gonna be a crazy show because that happens like. In, in the beginning of season two, or of episode like two. episode two, yeah. Mm-hmm. Episode two, yeah. Right. Every every episode ended with a cliffhanger. I love that. Um, season two was disappointing to me because I had read the book, and it was nothing like the book. And I literally think they only changed season two like to reflect eventually having a season three. So if they had just said, now nah, we're just going to keep this at two seasons and just followed the book, it would have been a lot better in my opinion. Cash cow. Yeah, so right. um, I would give season two probably a three. Here we go. I would give season one maybe a three, three and a half. Um, it just, I ended up liking it, but it wasn't, I don't know. I, I struggled a lot. That that internal struggle and Ooh, if I, I was like rooting it. for Joe or not <laughs> bothered me. I love that internal struggle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it drives me to continue to watch it. Yeah. I, I, would, I will say that, that it, it was easy to watch. It was every episode left you wanting more. It didn't. I, I I did like it. I give it a three out of five. Could you maybe a three and a half? This show came out weekly on TV. Wouldn't you just like freaking die between episodes? We it's are absolutely so, bingeable. Mm-hmm. We're so lucky to have shows that we can binge oh and not God. have to wait anymore. So bingeable. Neither Season- of you remember Twin Peaks when that came out in the nine early nine late eighties early nineties or whatever. We were children. You, you <laughs> probably weren't, weren't allowed to watch born? it. Born? Well, here we I was born. Oh my god! How do you not? 90. How many times have I told you recently how I old I am? You're 26. I'm bad at. I'm math. 28. 28. Whatever. I'm bad at math. I was. Bo- just remember this. I was born the year you graduated high school. Ew. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> 
And I ooed that Yikes. one. Yikes. <laughs> so right? You graduated old. 92, right? 92. Okay, so I was born Ooh. 92. So old. Yikes. Yeah, so anyway, same sort of thing. Twin Peaks happened the same way, right? We were just, we sat on the edge of our seats waiting for next week. Like, we could not wait until next week mm-hmm. to watch that. Please continue. Um, season two, I gave it a two. It wasn't terrible, but it was not at all what I thought it was going to be. So, I think maybe I liked season two in a way because I had an idea what was going to happen and it was just nothing like the book. So I was like, what? Like I was just shocked at every moment that happened because it was just nothing like the book. Because I'm not happy about it, but it, the shock factor helps, yeah. helps me give it a higher rating. For me, when I start something, I can't finish. So I'm going to watch season three just because I need to know what happens. Sure. I don't really give up on shows. The only show I ever gave up on was Glee. And I just couldn't do it after a certain amount of seasons. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was after season three. It well, just after Corey Monteith died in real yeah. life, I was like, okay, this show's done. It, it really was. Yeah. But we'll see what happens in season three. But that is you. That is you, seasons one and two. Told you it was going to be a shit show. It kind of was. <laughs> but, Rich, are you going to watch season three? I, I will watch season three. I'm surprised. I will. You um, got to finish what you start. I, I wish guess. you could see what Rich looks like right now. His like whole body is just disappointed mm. with season two of you. I am. I am. He's like slouched. It, that's 100% true. <laughs> You're the one who wanted to talk about it. I did because I was. it was so horribly disappointing that I've never... If you want, if you want to go through like a range of emotions, like if you want to go through from like... Oh, super suspenseful to, oh, I like this character. I don't like this character. What You know, I, I really am excited to watch tonight's episode, or, you know, to get back and, you know, in the evening and watch this or whatever to, oh, God, is this over? What the hell? Like, I just can't take any <laughs> more of this. Over? When is this going to be done? Are you kidding me? We have three episodes left? What? I, yeah. If you want to, if you want that range of emotion, watch seasons one and two of you. And then see if you want to watch season three. Yeah, you'll get I'm sucked curious. in. Well, yeah. Rich, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Even though you ooed me, I was I'm okay with that. So I ooed you. Well, you ooed me because yeah, we just wanted suck. Rich here on the fiftieth episode because don't don't say it. <laughs> don't. I'm not fifty yet. <laughs> was born in seventy four. I'm not that old. Getting there. Getting there. Uh, but yeah, everyone, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, episode fifty. We have a really exciting milestone episode coming up next week. Look out for that. And as always, you guys, if you have anything that you're watching that you want us to talk about, please let us know. If you're listening to this and you are not a fan of our Facebook page, please go like it. I'm always posting fun stuff on there in addition to new episodes. Um, But until then, you guys, keep on streaming. We will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Atlas Now Streaming. Let us know in the comments what you're watching and if we should give it a review. Until next time, keep streaming.